1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of New Books Network. This is Morteza Hajizadeh, your host from Critical Theory Channel. And today we are honored to have Professor Jeffrey Roberts with us. Uh, Jeffrey Roberts is a historian, biographer, and a political commentator. He is an emeritus professor of history at the University College Cork and a member of Royal Irish Academy. He is a renowned specialist in Russian and Soviet foreign and military policy and an expert on Stalin and the Second World War. And he's here to talk... Uh, with us about his latest book, Stalin's Library: A Dictator and His Books, published by Yale University Press in twenty twenty two. Jeffrey, welcome to New Books Network. Hi. Hello. Good. Uh, can you uh, just to for the benefit of our audience? Can you briefly introduce yourself and tell us about your field of expertise and how you became interested in that field?
0: Right. Um, well, I, um, I. 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 I work at uh, University, well, I did work at University College Cork uh, in, in Ireland. Um, I'm now an, what's called an, emer- an emeritus uh, professor. <clears throat> um, but originally, I'm not Irish. Originally, I, I'm English or British. I, I came from, uh, I, I was, I was, I'm from London, basically. Um, and then in 1992, I moved to Ireland to take up um, an academic post at University College Cork, and I've been here. Uh, ever since, um, my field is um, I'm a specialist in uh, my main specialism would be Soviet history, yeah, uh, particularly yeah, particularly foreign policy, uh, diplomacy, and military stuff, particularly about the, um, the Second World War uh, and uh, particularly about Stalin as well. Excuse
1: me
0: um so uh, yeah, okay so, so so Soviet history that that that's my that's my uh, thing how did i get into soviet history well originally it was a, a a political interest yeah uh in the 1970s and also in the 1980s i was a, a left wing political activist uh so i was interested in soviet socialism yeah uh so so i, I, I engaged with with so the history of the Soviet Union from that uh, political perspective. Now, um, I, I was I, I was a critic of the of the Soviet system. Yeah, okay. You know, I was a socialist, but I was a, I was a democratic. Uh, socialist yeah so i was critical of the soviet system in in, in many 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 uh, many ways so i i, I could no one would ever have described me as being pro-soviet when i was involved in politics in fact completely uh the, the opposite uh, of, of 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 that so so it was like you know engagement with what we called actually existing socialism right from the point of view of trying to understand the soviet experience um you know to come to terms with it and including all its um bad bits from a socialist perspective, particularly particularly Stalin. Um, but we, but obviously we a view to actually learning lessons from that history and from the way that the Soviet system, as a socialist economy and socialist policy, the way it functioned, yeah? So that was that. Um, I suppose the other point to make there is that um, I, 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 at that time, I, I had no time for Stalin in the sense that I, I, you know, I, I didn't think much of Stalin. Uh, as as a Marxist, uh, I didn't, didn't consider. I wouldn't at that time. I wouldn't have considered Stalin as a uh, seriously as an intellectual or as a Marxist. <clears throat> I'd be be highly critical of um, many many aspects of his political rule, and, and, and I'm still highly critical of many many different aspects of his political rule but I'm more um, have a more positive attitude or view of him as an intellectual and as a Marxist than I did at that uh, at the time okay so it starts off as, as a political interest in Soviet history uh, but but later you know but, but later on it, it becomes um, more of an academic and, and a historical uh, kind of interest so so I, I you know I'm not I'm not studying the history of the Soviet Union now for the purposes of any political project. Um, it's it's about you know, generating knowledge and understanding uh, about events, people, have had a huge impact on uh, the history of the world. Now, of course, other people might want to, to, to use my work for their own political and ideological purposes. That's fine. That's up to them. But that, that's not my... I, I don't have... I, I have no political... Uh, agenda as such at work uh, in in, in my work on on, and including in in relation to this book
1: yeah Mm -hmm, yeah. and i guess throughout the book it's quite clear that you do make a distinction between stalin as as a politician even as a dictator as a titus but and and stalin as a as an individual who is interested in reading books even the books of his uh He's, let's say, his his opponents or even his enemies. But that's something we'll talk about throughout the interview. Let's talk about this book itself. How how did this, this is quite a fact, there have been a lot of books written about Stalin. And people have said, yeah, he was a big reader of uh, books. But this is a book about his library and the books he kept. So tell us how the book came about. You, I think you did travel to Russia to see the library with some of his books. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing. Um, yeah, of course,
0: there's
1: lots of books about Stalin,
0: thousands of books about Stalin. I mean, before this particular book, one we're talking about my big book about Stalin, it was a book about Stalin as a war leader. Yeah. Um, Stalin, Stalin's wars, from World War uh, to Cold War. So that was my, and obviously that that book reflected what I was saying earlier about my particular interests in foreign policy and military uh, the other part of my background is that as, a, as an undergraduate and also as a postgraduate, I was a student of in- international relations. So I wasn't like historian, trained as historian as such. I, 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 I was doing IR, as we call it, yeah, international relations. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> slightly lo- slightly lost my thread there, but I'm sure uh, it it it, uh,
1: it it will it will come up. Yeah, so, so okay, so how, how did I come to? Yeah, the the question was how did this book come about, and what were the some of the sources that you used? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just about to explain <laughs> that.
0: Okay, so a lot of books about Stalin, uh, I- including uh, by. By me, how did this particular book come about? It came about because of the availability of a particular source, right? This source being the remnants of his personal book collection or his or, or his personal um, uh, or his personal library. Now, you know, since the uh, particularly since the the the, the breakup or the, the, the breakup of the communist system, the fall of the Soviet socialism, and so on. Um, Uh, You know the the Russian archives opened up, uh, and there's a huge amount of new evidence, information, documentation uh, has been made available from those archives, including lots of material, confidential material relating to Stalin, what what he, the the kind of things he was saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, to his closest uh, comrades, what what he was writing. uh, all kinds of um, really interesting, fascinating information about Stalin, which we didn't have access to uh, before uh, the fall of uh, the collapse of communism. But and, and, and when we're talking about this information, we're talking about a mountain of documentation, thousands upon thousands of documents, right? Uh, where Stalin's like fingerprints are all over this stuff. Like it's a huge amount, a huge body of work. But... Hardly any of it is what you could describe uh, of being of a personal character, and this, this, his, his library collection, is a, a source of a very highly personal character because you know there were his books. He collected them, part of his collection of of, of, of books, um, but also in several hundred cases, he actually marked the books, Yeah, he engaged them in in writing, someone, and so 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 so, 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 so really, just, you know, <clears throat> apart from a, a few <clears throat> letters, he read, he he wrote to his wife and his children and his mother. <clears throat> did the start did. He's, his personal library collection is the most intimate source we have about Stalin, about his thinking, it's about his feelings, about his uh, in, 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 in the most thinking. So that's what attracted to me to the project, right? Uh, but, but it also coincided with something else which was happening, and we're talking about 10 years ago, right? Which was that all this uh, personal library of Stalin, it was all going to be digitised. It was all going to, all the, all, the, all the books, well, not the whole library, but all the books that he'd marked, uh, about 400 we're talking about, were going to be digitized and made available online, yeah? Okay, so the, 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 the prospect was that I could do this piece of research about uh, Stalin's library, but I could do it at home. You know, I wouldn't have to be traipsing over to Moscow and spending weeks, months working in the in, in the Russian Russian archives, um, yeah. So it was it was the digitization. Did, this is a project that was being um, conducted by Yale University Press. So they were going to they were they were digitising the whole of Stalin's personal file series is what it's called, um, including the subset of the remnants of his library, which he had marked in in, in some some kind of way, yeah? Um, So that that was what was going going to happen. The problem was, and and Yale did actually um, digitise a huge amount of uh, Stalin-related material, for sure. Huge, huge, huge. And, And it is available online. The problem is that the particular... Project in relation to Stalin's library books. That project stalled after two or three years. I'm not quite sure why. I've never been able to get to the bottom of it. So the upshot of that was that only one third of these marked books by Stalin's library were digitized. The other two thirds, I had to go to to Moscow. And, and look at I me mean, you know, in situ, you know, you know, look, you know and look at the physical copies and, and study them in the archive itself, right? So the failure um, of the digitization project, wherever the store usually complicated my research from a logistical uh, point of view. And, it, it, and that, that partly explains why it took me so long to produce the book. So I started working on this book about 10 years ago um yeah so so it's so, a no i wasn't working on the book uh, throughout that period I was doing all kinds of other things yeah but, but over a period of 10 years was why I was working uh, on 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 this on this project okay but, but here's the thing it wasn't just yeah it, it, it wasn't just the, the logistical problems of the research my having to go to Moscow to look at all these other books which had been digitized and it's a cumbersome process getting access to the books and, and and then of course you have to work through them and stuff like that yeah so it's so a lot 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 more time consuming and harder than, than, than you know looking at them on on your, uh, your 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 screen um but it, it, that it, <clears throat> the digitization wasn't the only problem the other problem I have and the, the other reason the book took so long to write was that i didn't know how to write the book all right and it wasn't until i found a way of writing the book that i was actually able to write it right um so 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 so, uh, about three years ago i had a a series of kind of like conceptual breakthroughs in terms of my thinking about how i was going to write this particular book and, and how i was going to make the best use of this material from Stalin's personal library right um, and w- w- one of the breakthroughs was okay. It's not. J- I'm not just writing a narrow study about his book collection and what he wrote in those books, what that might tell us about about him. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not just writing about Stalin and his books. I'm also writing about the history of the library itself, and, and you know, as an institution, uh, uh, if you like. Yeah, I'm also writing about Stalin as an intellectual, right? I'm not just writing about uh, Starling uh, as a reader, I'm also writing about him uh, as uh, as an editor and to a certain extent as a writer. Writer. So so it, it, it transformed into a a much kind of broader perspective on Starling than the one I had started that for. And once I'd made that breakthrough, and, and there was uh, something else to happen, well, we'll come back to that point later, I think, um, I was able to write a book. And, and, and I arrived at that point just when... The pandemic, the uh, COVID pandemic broke, right? <laughs> Which in one way was, was perfect timing. So, so, so then I spent the next two years, actually, so it took me two years to actually write, actually write the book, you know, day in day uh, most of two years, yeah, because we were all like we were on lockdown, we we're stuck at home. I, I had no more, I had no more excuses left. I couldn't say, oh, I must do a bit more research or allow myself to be distracted by this. I just had to write, write, write this book. So, so that that's what happened, yeah. But so you know, I delivered the the manuscript to the publisher uh, eight and a half years after the agreed contractual deadline. <laughs> but actually, I delivered it a year earlier than I. Then my latest promise, because at certain point I said to my editor, you know, I said, I, I found a way to do this, I can do this. So what we'll do, we'll publish it in, in 2023, like actually about now, on the um, uh, 70th anniversary of Stalin's death. That'd be a good timing. But actually, I published it, I, I got it done a year before that, so we published it uh, a, a year ago.
1: Yeah. Anyway, okay, so that's the story well, of the book. It's a fascinating story, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about starting as a person you there are a lot of beautiful quotes in the book that i'd like to read but i'll just briefly mention some of them uh there's this general perception around the world i guess that if somebody reads books he's he must be necessarily a good person but we know a lot of dictators a lot a lot of really brutal politicians even uh They are great readers of books, but it doesn't necessarily mean reading books doesn't really translate into having being a good person in the world. And that's also the case. Yeah, that's also the case with Stalin. You call him a dedicated idealist. And uh, you say that by reading his books, we can, quote from work, we can glimpse into the world through his eyes. We may not get to peer into his soul, but we do get to wear his glasses. And Stalin himself thought about Thought of writers as as builders of human spirit. So can you talk about this? Maybe first, He was a great writer, reader. We read a lot of wonderful books, but at the same time, he was a dictator. He treated uh, his opponents brutally. So can you tell us about this? And what do you mean by saying he's a dedicated idealist? What well, the, the, the last question is the easiest. He was a, a, an authentic,
0: like believer in socialism and communism, right? And Marxism, yeah. Uh, and he believed in the communist utopia in the future thats and and you know we know that for certain now precisely because of this library these library books you know you you go through the books that he marked and it was, and it's absolutely certain from that he believed all this stuff yes and he engaged with it on an authentic authentic so that's one thing we that the library confirms absolutely. I don't think there can be any argument about this. It's the authenticity of Stalin's ideology, his idealism, his political commitment, his his commitment to the communist cause, and that that was net, that wasn't kind of uh, uh, un, that was that was not uh, that was unwavering, right? So so that, that's the easiest bit of the question. A Harder bit to answer is um is that you know okay. Yeah, he was this intellectual. He read all these all this stuff. I, it was quite interesting. Yeah, you know, as I try to show in my book, it's actually quite interesting the way he read stuff, he wrote, and oh yeah, really interesting. You know, some some very surprising things in many ways. And yeah, but on the other hand, he's also this brutal dicta- dictator. So how can you know, someone like that be um, you know, the, the, the interesting intellectual? An engaging intellectual, which we who who's, who who we want to follow, seeing the world through his eyes, as I as I put it in, in the thing. Um, I I, no, I think the thing is this: is that okay? He's certainly a brutal, a dictator, right? But that relates to what he actually believed and what he actually did. Yeah, no doubt what whatsoever um, that you know, uh, he, he was a highly repressive, dictatorial leader practiced mass terror, was personally responsible by his actions and by his policies for the deaths of millions of innocent people. Absolutely, no, no doubt about that. But the fact that he was a brutal dictator doesn't mean to say that he was a brutal person. Yeah? I, 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 you know, I, he, he, in many ways, you know, Stalin wasn't a nice person yeah um yeah he was very unforgiving um he he, he was certainly very ruthless uh, he was obsessed with politics he neglected his family he ran with his 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 his, uh, uh, his 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 children yeah he could yeah he he, could, he had a bit of a temper on occasion so it's all kinds of Negative things you can say about Stalin as a, as a as a personality. There's also some good things as well you can say, but that doesn't amount to uh, a peculiarly brutal person. I don't think he was. I'm I saying something about saying I don't think Stalin was personally brutal, right? He was politically and ideologically brutal, right? It was his politics and ideology that drove his brutality, right? Not. Uh, his, uh, his his personality, or the the, the, the nature of his character, or well, at least that's the argument I, I put in the put in the book. Right now, you, you mentioned this quote here, um, yeah, about you know <laughs> the, the the library being um, uh, an an outside window looking in. Yeah, because of course when you're thinking about what people want to know about, saying well, what was really going on his in his his head, right? And that's the way. He, one tends to approach all the confidential information we have about Stalin is that what does this tell us about the real Stalin? What he was really thinking, what he was really feeling, what he was really like? Yeah, and, and that 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 particularly applies particularly applies to the more personal the material is, including, of course, his his books. And that's how a lot of people approach this um, particular source. It's how I approached it. Um, uh, 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 originally um but here's the thing I don't think that Stalin was a, a particularly deep person or personality or character right I think it's all on it's mostly on the surface um yeah uh, he, he, I, I, the way I put it is that he was a you know a political personality a personality formed by his politics and ideology and by his ins- experiential engagement with the world through the frame of that of that politics as a politics and politics and ideology, right? I don't think there is any depth to be found, you know, psychological depth or emotional depth. That d- d- is not obviously on the, sur- sur- on, 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 on the certain surface, right? Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's wrong to think about uh, the library. Which is what we're talking about as being a window looking as a window into Stalin's mind. Yeah, I think it's a window that enables us to, us to look out from Stalin onto the outside world to see the world through his eyes, right? And through seeing the world um, through his eyes, we can get to understand um, and get to know Stalin better, right? And, and, and the other point to make is this: is that you know, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to, yeah. You know, if you say to me, oh, "Well, okay, so what did you learn from this? You know, what happened? You, okay, you you you, you followed a s- Stalin through his eyes via this particular source. So, you know, what kind of person comes out the end? I kind of want to say, well, you know, it, it's you know, to, to, to know what I have to say about Stalin, you have to follow me on the journey, yeah it's it, it, you have to read the book and you have to you know it's 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 it's, it's the road i travel yeah? the terrain i navigate and I, uh, yeah the, the world i present and see that's the answer to our question of you know what what, what was stalin was really like what kind of person uh, uh, yeah 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 he, he was yeah yeah if you try to sort of like sum it up or reduce it to analytical categories or you know, or, 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 or some kind of concept, or, or some kind of, con- you know, say psychological construct, however it might be. I think, I think that that, that missing. You have to, you know, what I try to do in the book. You know, I'm a narrative historian, so what I do try to do in the book is to narrate Stalin's life as a reader, as an intellectual, right, uh, and, and to follow that story through using this particular source, and that way, um, you know, it, it get, get us get us closer to Stalin. I hope that makes some sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It's uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, uh, at the beginning of the interview, or before you started answering. That the good point about the book is that we do see two different Stalin's: him as a politician, and also Stalin as a person who likes to read books. And it perfectly makes. And human beings are complex creatures. It perfectly makes sense when you've been through this journey and you've read the books. And one of the habits of Stalin, which we'll talk about in more depth later on is that he, he kind of like he argued with the books he read he wrote notes on the sides of the books so you could see like it's a dialogue between stalin and the uh, and the writers but but let's talk about some of the uh, can, I, can i just interrupt that? Yeah, yeah sure yeah yeah but you know like Stalin, intellectual the
0: idealist the politician the brutal dictator they're all the same person yeah they're all, they're all the same person. and in fact, I think you could you, you can explain <clears throat> Stalin the politician, Stalin, the brutal dictator, Stalin uh, the, the person who for decades presides over this repre- massively repressive and violent system right which kills millions of people. You can explain that by the fact that he was an intellectual. And the kind of intellectual it was. And okay, this comes back to the point away when I was saying about I was having trouble writing the book, I, you know, uh, uh, okay, so I had some like, what you might call like practical breakthroughs about how I was going to write it. So I was going to basically broaden its focus and, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, tell a much broader story than just one narrowly focused on what books he read and what he might, and what he wrote in you know, them and what that might tell us. Yeah, that, that's only one part of it. But I had like a conceptual. Almost an emotional breakthrough <clears throat> when um, I came across. A, 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 I'm mean, now I quote this in the book as well. The definition of an intellectual. And the definition of intellectual is someone for whom ideas are emotionally important. Yeah, and I, I, as soon as I read that, I thought that Starling. Starling. Stalin an intell- was an intellectual for whom ideas were emotionally important. And you can see that on the pages of his library books. Yeah, You can see that. The, his emotional gain- engagement is a kind of emotional kind of energy he puts into reading and engaging with, with partic- particular texts. Yeah? So, so yeah, the, my argument is that, is that the, the, the fact that... <clears throat> There was this huge, powerful, emotional energy that <clears throat> Stalin invested in his politics, his ideology, his ideas and beliefs and policies. Right? That helps explain why it was he could sustain this brutal <clears throat> dictatorship over over um, over decades, and also to explain why he could do that without <clears throat> ending up being some kind of like psycho or um, completely represent- reprehensible human being. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, 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 even at the end of this whole story, and you know, <clears throat> you can come out of it feeling with a little bit of understanding and a little bit of sympathy for Stalin and, and what he did. Not don't, don't, don't please don't misquote me on that. Say it was right, but you understand, yeah. It, 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 it's, so yeah, so, so 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 the emotional force of Stalin's intellectuality. That was a key kind of uh, breakthrough in terms of my, my ability to write this book. And and again, I think the crucial thing is, yeah, you know, it's not not just a I think not just our claim I'm making. Well, it's a claim. It's something I think I show in the book. I, that's why I show. Yeah. It's that that he had that kind of emotionality and there's another point in relation to that which we're going to come back to uh later in the conversation when you ask me about Stalin and
1: religion but yeah but yeah yeah procedure yeah. we'll talk about that <coughs> uh, he he read a lot of books about Marxism about history but before talking about them he he was he also a fan of let's say fiction and poetry and literature uh, and and um, maybe you could also address another question that a lot of writers were also persecuted in in um, in Russia but of course your book is not about that that's a well known part of history but can you talk about his reading habits when it comes to fictions
0: yeah um, yeah I mean, I, mean, I mean there's three types of reading that Stalin um, preferred like the most yeah um, Marxism, Marxist theory in all its different dimensions secondly history and then thirdly Literature, fiction, poems, plays, film scripts, novels, short stories. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he read an enormous amount of um, of, of of fiction. Yeah, but the, the problem was that it, 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 and, and and knowledge of, uh, of um, what. Books of fiction he might have read and what he collected is kind of limited by the fact that after his death, after his death, a large part of his library was dispersed to other libraries. It was broken up, right? And the main component of um, of, of, of that breakup, of the library, um, was that was his literature collection. So that was virtually all of that was dispersed. So, so we, you know, okay, we know quite a lot about the non-fiction part of his book collection from the remnants we have, yeah. Uh, but we don't know what was in on his what fiction he had on his uh, is on his various um, uh, book bookshelves. Okay, so 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 in the book, um, I do have a chapter on Stalin and and Soviet Soviet literature, um, but it, it, it's a chapter not that's not based on on research into his personal library for reasons I've just indicated, it's based on what he said about literature and, and what he said about his preferences and so on. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 uh, so that's the, that's the, and, he, and as it turns out, he he said quite a lot. Now, as a, as a story, for that. I wasn't actually going to, be, because all this fiction collection had disappeared, I wasn't actually going to cover that topic. Uh, in the book, yeah, because there was no source on it or no library source on it. But when I got towards the end of the project, actually, when I was actually writing it, yeah, in that two years I was intensely writing, I thought I can't possibly publish a book about Stalin and books. Yes, yeah, <laughs> remember the title, "A Dictator and His Books." I, I can't do that without actually saying something about his taste in literature and how he did his literature, right? So, so that so that was what made me. <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, actually write this particular chapter and use these additional uh, kind of sources. And obviously you can read what it, read what it says there. Now, in writing that chapter, <clears throat> what I was focused on was um, Stalin and literature, yeah? I wasn't particularly focused on Stalin and writers. That, 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 that only came up incidentally as I'm exploring, how, how, you know, what kind of fiction. That Stalin prefers. Now, a number of reviewers, um a number but yeah, two or three anyway, um, picked me up this and said, Well, <clears> he <throat> you know, he doesn't say much about you know Stalin's repression of writers or Stalin's relationship with that writer and and and, 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 and this writer. Um but as I say, I wasn't I wasn't focused on that particular aspect.
1: Yeah, I mean, was it wasn't that, like, in the scope go, of your research anyway? And,
0: yeah, well, I, yeah. and it, it it does actually it does actually go. Out. But having said that, um, I'm hoping to produce a second edition of the book. Uh, and i will actually expand that particular chapter to include m- more stuff on on stalin and his relationship with uh, uh, with various writers and as it happens since I published the book there's been uh, a, a really good book um, I can't remember the name of the author or title I found but a very, a very good book about the Soviet writers um, union in the 1930s and 1940s yeah uh, and so that that that's a very that's a very good source and that will help me uh, <clears throat> write that book yeah, you know, re- revise that particular chapter and deal with yeah you know, m- more with issues about Stalin and and uh, and his relationship with writers. Yeah,
1: cool. Now I'm, I'm kind of curious to find out what this book is. <laughs> I'm gonna. God, yeah. I was looking. F- I was looking for it earlier, but I just
0: I couldn't mm. find it on my bookshelf. Oh, Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I'll, no. Um, I'll, I'll, of course, you're a literature person, aren't you? Yeah, There's yeah. Literature. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll send you. I'll leave yeah. the title last. We Oh, Sure. Thank you.
1: Let's go to another part of the, let's say, aspect of the, uh, the 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 book. So is it he he was a reader of books. Did he also write anything about himself? Any kind of a biography or a diary? Did he publish anything about his ideas pamphlet? Well, 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 okay. So, so you know, Stalin was an intellectual,
0: an ideologue, a political activist, a writer. And, you know, the, the, the main thing that Stalin did all his life, uh, from the beginning of his him becoming a political activist at a young age, yeah, was that he, uh, you know, he 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 read stuff and he wrote stuff and he published stuff. I mean, before the revolution. Star- okay, Stalin was a political agitator, but mostly his political agitation took the form of journalism, yeah, and of editing, ad- ed- editing newspapers, contributing articles, agitational articles, or writing pamphlets, or writing, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, and, and also he, um, he, he also uh, did some. Yeah serious i'm talking about in his early years he also did some serious kind of like um research uh and, and and writing of a marxist character so so for example his his biggest um claim to originality as a marxist was some 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 right some work he did on marxism and the, the national question of nationalism which was published in 19 19 19, 19 1913 yeah uh, yeah okay so so uh, uh, and yeah and he continues to like you know publish Throughout his life. And and there is, um, you, know, uh, you know, from the 1930s onwards, there was this project to publish Stalin's collected works, yeah, uh, which, well, uh, uh, only 13 volumes were actually published because the project was stopped uh, uh, when Stalin died. But, you yeah, know, you might be talking about, if they had to complete the project, you're talking about 16, 17, yeah, uh, uh, actual vo- volumes of his writing. So that's sounds, Yeah. So so he he wrote and published um quite a lot himself. He didn't keep um, any diary. Uh, and he didn't write. He didn't uh, write any memoirs. Um, and that was something he always uh, resisted. Okay, but I suppose the one thing that he did that he did contribute to in terms of writing about himself was was the construction of the official biographies of his life yeah okay so so before before the second world war or just before the second world war in 1939 uh, there there, uh, there was a biography published a short biography um it's called yeah yeah short 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 biography now stalin um didn't have a lot to do with that particular book but when 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 they came to Revised the book after the Second World War, issue a second edition. Stalin was heavily involved in in the in in, in that process. He was engaged with that process. So so it, as far as the second, yeah, he played quite a significant role in in shaping um, his official biography. Yeah, the content. A content of it, and and the role that he played well, this surprises most people. The, the, one of the main roles he played was actually toning down the adulation of Stalin in this in this in this uh, biography. Yeah, that, that's uh,
1: what I <laughs> found surprising when I read your book that he downplayed his role yeah, in. Abso- the role abso- in. No, yeah, absolutely. No, I haven't
0: said that. There's still a lot of like cult of personality stuff in this, book, but but he no he, he he downgraded and what he did was he he downgraded his own role and he upgraded effectively upgraded Lenin's role. Yeah. So, so yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, and, and the reason he did did this was, well, he said he's, he's quite clear about this. Is that yeah, yeah, he you know he didn't you know use this Orwellian William Rose. he didn't want wants the people to to love Big Brother, i.e., him. He wanted the people to love the party, to love the Communist Party, to love communism, and also. Also, also Marxism, right? What worried him about the cult of his personality and you know <clears throat> exaggerating his own personal importance was it, it? undermined people's relationship with the party. Yeah, yeah. It, it meant they they engaged with him and they didn't engage with the party as an institution, right? Okay, and and that bears on another, another um, kind of book project he was involved in, which in a way is a kind of. Um, yeah it, has, yeah, it has an autobiographical dimension to it, which is the, the short-course history of the Communist Party, in the Soviet Union. Okay, the first edition of that was published in... Uh, well, I think the only edition, can't think of it, uh, was published um, in 1938, yeah, just before the, the sec- Second World War. And, you know, and it's a it's a history of the Party from its foundation up until that point of time. Um, and Stalin was heavily engaged in... Um, in the in shaping and editing the, that project so much so that you you could consider Stein to be one of its one of its one of its co-authors yeah uh, and you also you also make there's a particular section on it which is a, a bit of a digression really but anyway it's a section called dialectical and historical materialism right so so that's a section which was written by stalin himself and is explicitly accredited him when the books published, which is his kind of like uh, sum, summary or popular, popularized yeah, popularization, summary, explanation of the fundamental nature of Marxism, of dialectical materialism, and of historical materialism. Right. Um, okay. So this, this is start. Yeah. This is Stalin's history of the communist Party. This is the way he sees that history and the way he wants that history uh, presented. And of course it's a kind of very distorted and biased kind of history in, in many ways. Um, uh, very easy to like, pick it apart, criticise it. But but the thing is, um, you know, because he was such an over-politicised personality, this history of the party was effectively, you know, at least in part, his own personal history. Yeah, his own personal history. Because yeah, all the stuff he described there, all the different the thinking, the factional fights, the political developments, what the party does there, all all the stuff that's going on, that's Stalin's part of Stalin's life uh, experience uh, uh, as well. So you can actually read the short history of the Communist Party as as in in a way almost, you know, to a certain extent, um Stalin's autobiography. And the same applies about the official short biography. To so a certain extent, you can. Some people would argue that effectively that short biography is his, his his autobiography. I think that probably goes goes too far. But yeah, I think that, that, that I know what they mean when they make that that argument.
1: And and what about his the the political books? I mean, the Marxist books. Here, who are his favorite Marxist uh, writers? I'm I'm particularly keen to know more about Trotsky because. Uh, Trotsky was assassinated in Mexico, and he was one of the. I mean, Lenin towards the end of his life was kind of critical of Stalin, but Stalin kept reading their books. And also, maybe you could tell us about the types of notes he wrote on the margin of the books. Parts where he agreed with or disagreed with, yeah. It, well,
0: Lenin is his favorite Marxist, yeah. Lenin, and, then, and then followed by by Marx, and then um, and then then uh, Engels. I, you know, Stalin. Idolised uh, Lenin. Um, Stalin, you know, Lenin was Stalin's um, role model, including, I think, in relation to his personal book collection and his personal library, because Lenin was a big reader as well. He had a huge personal uh, book collection. That Lenin, uh, after he came to power, you know, he worked in in an office and at home, surrounded by books. Yes, <laughs> you know, real intellectual work. And the same was uh, the same was true of Stalin. So I think you know Stalin's very much modelling himself in um, as a reader, as an intellectual uh, on Lenin. Okay, and yeah, there was this episode towards the end where where Lenin, you know, I don't really want to go into it much here, but Lenin does say some negative things about Stalin. Also, Stalin also says negative things about Trotsky and about Bukharin um this is so-called you know, uh, last testament or political, political testament but I, I i don't think that um I don't think that bo- um, bothered Stalin too much. I mean, some people argue that this had a huge kind of psychological uh, impact on Stalin, and he was very upset by this Lenin's testament and what Lenin said about him. Um, I, 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 I'm not buying it. I just don't see it. I don't think that's. I don't think that's the case. I think that from Stalin's point of view, that was a minor matter. What Lenin said. Now, what he really resented and didn't like was yeah. what other people in the party, Trotsky among others. Um, uh, uh, yeah yeah, yeah. used uh, lenin's Testament uh, and maybe even distorted it for their political purposes he certainly was very upset uh, by that but i don't think uh, i don't think he was undermined undermined by it yeah okay yeah so so yeah you mentioned trotsky yeah um that was one of the um yeah you know, the big surprises of, of my you know, for me in terms of this research was the high regard that he had for Trotsky's writings right right until the the middle of mid 1920s yeah I think Stalin's falling out with Trotsky it it, it comes much later than most people think because most people think that you know the falling out Trotsky comes you know, when Lenin gets sick or when Lenin dies, or when the whole issue is, you know, who's going to succeed Lenin? Yeah, you know, so like 1923, 1924. Uh, I, I don't think it actually, I think I would place it much later than that, um, late 1920s, at, at a point at which Trotsky is um, exiled. To Alma, uh, to and then then he's he's expelled from the country. So much much later, until like right until the mid nineteen twenties, as far as I can see, Stalin is reading Trotsky's writings very respectfully, and he's learning from it. And you know, it's, again another general point: Stalin was quite capable of <clears throat> of of learning from uh, his political opponents. Uh, okay, he he and he he read his political opponents in order too gather ammunition against them to see what he was up against and so on but he also read um, with a view to learning from them for for, for pre- taking up positive points and that was certainly the case with trotsky and, and the, the book i um i um use as a case study in you asked about his markings uh, was uh, uh, the book i use as a case study uh in, in my book is is um Stalin's reading of Trotsky's terrorism and communism, yeah, and and ba- basically Trotsky's terrorism was was a defence of Bolshevik authoritarianism and Bolshevik um, dictatorialism um, after the Russian Revolution and in the context of the Russian the, Ru- the, Ru- the Russian civil Russian civil war, right? And ba- basically Trotsky justified, um, yeah, you know, the, the, the harshly repressive. Bolshevik policies after the revolution and particularly during the civil war on grounds of uh, expediency that you know the, you know the revolution had to be defended come what may if you fail to do what was necessary to defend the revolution then you are missing a historic opportunity to transform the world in the socialist direction so that that that's that's and and, 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 and Stalin reads trotsky's book, and, 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 and it's clear from the way he marks it the comments comments he makes um that, that he he approves of trotsky's argument and indeed, the kind of arguments that trotsky makes now but are ones that stalin himself recycles time and time again as the but the fundamental you know, rationalization for the, for um uh, repressive uh, you know soviet state uh, socialism right and that, that rationalization is that 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 you know, socialism is in the interests of the people uh, even if they don't want to recognize it uh, themselves and that system has to be defended against its enemies and its enemies can't be allowed to subvert the thinking and feelings of, of, of ordinary people and of course that if you start from that point, then obviously that's where you get censorship. That's where you get control of uh, people's thinking or attempt to thinking, control of what they can say, what they can publish. And so that you get you get an authoritarian uh, political system, which is what developed it develops uh, uh, in, in, in the Soviet Union after the Russian Revolution. Now you asked about markings,
1: yeah? <coughs> um, yeah. What sort of things did you write on the margins of the book? Because you, for the benefit of the audience, I do strongly recommend that they get The book and go through the book because you have examples of the sort of uh, markings that they put on the and there are the pictures of actually, yeah, sure I can see, yeah, you can yeah, see you can see it, see yeah, because yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, so when, when did this, um, okay, so this source, those so the remnants of Starling's library, it, it, it's it, okay. The idea that Starling, you know, read a lot, uh, and you know, probably had a lot of books, uh. That was a particularly exceptional kind of idea. You, know, you, you of course, he would have yes, particularly given his own intellectual pretensions. Um, you know, uh, of course, of course. But we we didn't really know uh, the extent of his book collection and the depth of his engagement with reading books until the late nineteen eighties, late nineteen eighties, early nineteen nineties. That's when this source is kind of like discovered to exist and then after the Soviet collapse early 90s onwards it becomes accessible um, to to, to researchers and of course what people are most interested about the remnants of Stalin's library are those books that he marked, they're particularly interested in what he actually wrote in those books and so they're searching for some fundamental insights into Stalin's thinking through what through the notes he makes in the margin, what he writes, uh, and, and and quite often they're looking they're looking for some kind of smoking gun, which will uh, prove their own their own pre existing theory uh, or, or explanation of Stalin and of Stalinism. So so so, so that that's what the focus of it, uh, on. But actually, it, you know, it's it's not a, a focus or a journey or or a search that, t- that took people. Very sad. In fact, what it did, it led to them making kind of like exaggerated claims, not some making mistakes. Actually, misidentifying pieces of writing in Stalin's library books, which weren't actually Stalin's. He didn't actually. It wasn't his handwriting. It was someone else <laughs> had, had written it. Um, uh, uh, anyway, so. so I, but having said that, you know, when I came along. And yeah, you know, and you know, this is like twenty years later because I, you know, I didn't start researching, this, doing this work uh, until the early two thousand and tens, and the material we're talking about had been accessible to, to one degree or another for fifteen, twenty years, something like that. Um, yeah, and I was interested in the same thing. Yeah, I was. I, was, I had the same kind of thinking. You know, make, what Stalin writes in the margin, um, it will tell us what he was really thinking. Yeah, he'd give us some, you know, depth of insight into his mind that we can't get from any any, any other source. And yeah, to be quite honest, I didn't find that to be the case when I did the actual research. Yeah. M- okay, it's interesting, fascinating, but most of what he writes in the margin, you could have guessed anyway from what he said publicly or from his published writers. It's, it's almost wholly... Unexceptional and, and predictable. Again, I'm not saying it is it's very interesting indeed. Um, but the other thing I discovered was that if you're talking about Stalin's um, markings, and it's what the Russians do, have this great word called "pametki." And "pametki" refers to, you know, could refer to um, verbal markings, but also non-verbal markings, i.e., lines, underlinings, and in the margin. What I discovered was that Stalin's non-verbal uh, Pameki, you know, underlinings and sidelinings, that kind of thing, were by far his most common form of annotation. When he read books, that's mostly um, what he did. He he, he underlined things, yes? And, 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 of course, that shows you what he was interested in, yeah? And also, uh, I, I later on discovered that he, he also used to um, put strips of paper in books um, as a way of like retrieving what he might have underlined or, or just as a, a substitute for, for writing them in, 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 in as well. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so once, once I realized that, then, then then a lot of, I, I, I quite a lot of my focus in terms of, you know, the Pemekki is on the, the non-verbal stuff rather than, uh, yeah, uh, r- 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 rather than the verbal stuff, right? Okay, but but in terms of you know, the actual words he uses, he uses all kinds of things. You know, sometimes it's just you know one word which expresses some kind of attitude to, to, toward the text. Others, it might be words or phrases which just indicate what the content of the text is. Yeah, yeah, and then sometimes he does actually um, you know write some sentences out and engage in a kind of dialogue. Uh, Would you know? And I give uh, many examples uh, of that in the book. But actually, uh, the, the, the most frequently used annotation of his is um, is note bene, NB, in Latin script. That was his most frequent thing. That's the thing he wrote down more than anything else, thousands of times. You can find his library books. He's written NB. In, against a particular point or a particular, particular theory of information, so that, that that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Um, I mentioned Trotsky earlier. Um, yeah, you know, one of the reasons I know that he approved of tro- terrorism and communism, Trotsky's argument, which was because he um, uh, he wrote in the book. He used another word in that book uh, called "metka," "metka," which means spot on, bullseye. Yeah, that's the point. You're right. Absolutely right. That kind of thing. It's, it's untranslated worship, but that's the kind of thing. And he, he wrote that several times in Trotsky's text. The The, the other, um, the, the, his, other, his second favourite annotation after NB was ha-ha, as in laugh, ha-ha. Yeah. And it was always, it wasn't, it, it was it was very rarely, was it, oh, that's funny. It was a derisory kind of laugh. You can't be serious. This is that's ridiculous. Ha ha ha! Yeah, how absurd is that? Yeah, lots of ha ha ha's
1: in that book. And in his, did he ever read Bible in his early days? And how about religious books after he rose to power? So go back to,
0: sorry about Pomecki. No what I've just said, you know, his use of NB and his use of unglied, you know, it shows that what kind of reader he, well, it shows that he could be a very active and engaged reader. It shows that he's like, he's reading to learn. Yeah. And he's he's learning to, he's he's marking stuff because he wants to retain the information in some way in his head. Yes. Um, Yeah. 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 And and so so that, that, that's, you know, that that's the point about it. Yeah. It's, you know, he, he's a learning reader that that's one thing that's absolutely clear from seeing all these Kameki in, in their, their various versions. okay, so you had a question about the Bible yeah?
1: Yeah I mean uh, Bible and also specifically religious books after he rose to power, did you have an interest in religious books?
0: <clears throat> I don't think so I, I know no evidence that that is the case. I mean there are some Russian nationalists, Orthodox Church people who like to claim that you know Stalin remained religious all his life, and yeah, he was a secret Bible reader. And but yeah, that, that's there is absolutely no evidence for any of that. And Stalin, you know, he, he yeah, you know, Stalin was educa- educated by the church. Then he was in a in a seminary, training to be a priest. Uh, but um, Stalin, uh, you know, when, when he abandoned. Uh, his religion and became a Marxist, communist, political activist, Bolshevik. Uh, he left all of that 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 behind. And no, I know no evidence that he spent a great deal of time up from that point on uh, studying religious texts or stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, having said that, he was certainly interested in the history of. Um, of Christianity and the Church and the institution, but that was from like a Marxist materialistic point of view about the progressive role that that Christianity and, and the Church at certain points in history, in Russian history or Jordan history, played in development. Yeah, so see, but but no, he was interested in 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 religion and uh, church history from historical Marxist political point of view, not from from any kind of religious perspective. Now, in terms of the Bible, um, of course, you know, central to his studies as a church school student and then in seminary, the seminary would be reading studying the Christian Bible so I'm assuming that that he that's what he did I don't know that we, there are no like surviving copies of of a Bible where we what do we know that Stalin read but I'm assuming that that was uh, that what that was the case and yeah you know, I think you'd probably say that the Bible is probably the book that Stalin read most his most read book because of because of his um, early early schooling yeah but there's another interesting point to be made about Stalin and religion again it's something that you won't find this in the book it's something that's come up subsequently is that you know a friend and colleague of mine said to me okay so your argument is that Stalin was this emotionally charged intellectual right um and, and you think that's important in terms of understanding him as a political and ideological actor fair enough where did this emotional charge come from? What was the source of that? What was the the origin of that, right? Given that you kind of like, he's saying this to me, you assume kind of like psychologicalistic kind of, you know, reductionist kind of arguments. Where does it come from? And what he suggested to me, and I think he's right, he suggested that it comes from the young Stalin's religious experience, yeah? His his religious sensibility and emotionality, yeah? Because by all accounts, Stalin, and also his mother, of course, was a true believer, yeah? And he had, you know, and I think we can assume that he had an emotional, as many people who are religious, who do believe in Christianity or any religion, it's an emotional kind of thing. It's a kind of feeling thing, isn't it, yeah? And that's what the faith is based on, to some extent anyway. It's based on feeling. As well as like an intellectual uh, commitment or an institutional commitment, right? So, I, so I think you know that that that's that was the, that's that's you know the the, the, the first iteration of Stalin the emotional, intellectual. I think was Stalin, um, the Christian, the young Christian believer. Yeah, that's that's the source of it. So, in that sense, um, that's that, that, yeah okay. So Stalin does break with religion. You know, when he's a teenager, but there's a fundamental continuity in his life as an intellectual, which you can trace right away from this, his early um, religious sensibilities, right away through to the end of his life. Yeah, uh, until his death in 1953. Anyway, so... Um, but but that was that was you know that that that, that you won't find that argument in the book. Um, that was a point. Of, and I think I think that's right. I think that was a very interesting um, interesting point to make. <laughs> but it's an interesting thing you you, you write a book, but you you, know, you never stop. You, okay, you write a book and you publish it. You never actually start rewriting it. Yeah, editing, adding to it, and learning new and stuff like that. Yeah, which is why I'm really hoping to, that I will be able to a a, a proper uh, second edition of the book and and put a lot, I mean, other stuff I'm probably going to say here as well, get, include that in the book. Sorry, next question. That
1: that, that reminds me of Beckett who once said that writing is a never-ending act. You're you're absolutely right about that. Uh, Yeah, earlier you mentioned that Lenin was his role model, and it was interesting to me when I was reading your book that they had the same librarian, this character, uh, if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, Shushanika, was a Lens librarian, and then she be, he, she became Stalin's librarian, and she ha- she helped Stalin maybe come up with a categorization system for his library. Can you tell us a little about her? Yeah, I, actually, I don't know. I, I would say uh, her name is Shushanika, but
0: but my like, Russian stress is oh, quite often uh, wrong. So your pronunciation. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the other The other The other is that she was she was Armenian in ethnically armenian like she was she was in southern russia yeah uh, uh uh yeah yeah but actually she had a diminutive which which the pronunciation is clear it's uh shusha yeah shusha that's her diminutive so shusha shushanika or as i say uh, a okay yeah yeah she she well, she was um she, yeah she she, she 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 was a bolshevik yes a member of the bolshevik party and in um so exactly when nineteen nineteen no nineteen twenty I think it was she went to work for Lenin and she went to le- work for Lenin at his personal personal library yeah that's that's what she did the reason she did that she wasn't a, a trained professional librarian but before she started working for in Lenin's office she'd been working for a um, a publisher in Moscow or St Petersburg I can't remember where exactly yeah maybe St Petersburg uh, and she'd been in charge of that publisher's library right okay so so she becomes um uh, lenin's um, personal librarian right and that's to say she, she's in charge of ordering books for him and organizing books for him and also um you know uh, providing him with books that he want, wants to read Yeah. so servicing him lenin as a uh, as a as a librarian okay so um lenin dies in 1924 20, and, and she, she she continues to work as lenin's librarian in the sense that she continues to work for lenin's widow krupskaya and lenin's sister uh, maria at, in the capacity of a librarian presumably helping them dealing with <laughs> uh, lenin's personal book collection and what, what, what's, what's going to happen to that right um okay but then <clears throat> in 1925 um she gets involved in organizing stalin's personal book collection why that happens i'm not quite sure um but it might be because shusha was also a friend of stalin's um wife uh, nadezhda nadezhda she worked in Lenin's office as well yeah so so it may it might have been that like um uh, personal, uh, personal collection, right? Uh, and basically, what happens is that Stalin asks Yusha to, to you know, sort out, organize um, his personal book collection. And by this time, I estimate he's got maybe. Uh, at least a thousand, maybe a couple of thousand books. So that's what you asked to, and 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 her response to Stalin is, okay, I'll do it, but you, but how do you want me to organise the collection? How do you want me to classify your books? And that prompts Stalin to actually to devise a classification scheme for. All his books okay and, and a copy of that scheme the original and also the translation on uh is, is in my book so she, he basically he writes to her uh, says okay this is how you want you to classify my different books and basically the classification scheme he wants is is, is, a, is a, a kind of a, a combination of a conventional it's a conventional classification scheme with a marxist spin so he asked her to classify his books in terms of subject matter, you know, psychology, history, um, sociology, yeah, subject-based. subject, subject based. But then he also asked her to classify books into uh, particular things that he's interested in as a Marxist and a revolutionary. So, for example, the history of re- revolution, um, or, you know, yeah, revolution. Uh, but also um, to um, you know, a subclassification of, um, uh, you know, prominent Marxists, yes? Um, top of the list, of course, being Lenin, <laughs> followed by Marx and Engels. Uh, and then, yeah, then who comes forth was a guy called uh, Plekhanov, who, who was one of the founders of um, Marxism in Russia, Russian Marxism. And then, fifth on the list, by the way, is Trotsky. So, Trotsky is part of his, Stalin's. Pantheon of significant Marxist figures, theoreticians, intellectuals in Stalin's own classification Okay, so 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 okay, so so that that's that, that so, so we have this thing, which is very very interesting. What what that classification scheme tells you is, is well, it, it tells you the kind of stuff that Stalin was interested in, the subject matter, and it's very very broad um, in, in terms of like humanities and social sciences. Although having said that, it's it, it, it what Stalin is interested in <laughs> is only what you'd expect a Marxist to be interested in, right? Because Marxism is a kind of like universalistic, all-encompassing kind of ideology and theory. It's interested in, in everything in human affairs and aspires to have an explanation or to construct a knowledge about every aspect of human affairs. And, and how do I know that, Um I know that because I was a Marxist myself. And that, that was that that was and actually I I, 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 I I constructed my own personal library which reflected those breadth of interests. And the the kind of shocking thing to me when I started Dennis Research was how similar my personal library, dating from the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties, was to Stalin's personal library. Uh, in, in terms of the the types of books, the subject matter, lots of the same authors. Obviously, mine's in English; uses in Russian. But, so, so yeah, okay. So 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 in a way, it's not. Um yeah. Okay. Yeah. It shows the breadth of his interests, but it's it's not that it's not a surprising breadth. It's what you'd expect from someone who's a Marxist and believes that Marxism is this universal container of of human knowledge, or at least human knowledge about humanity. I mean, obviously, where natural world comes into it, it's a bit a, bit of a more complicated uh, situation. So, so it's interesting from that point of view. Okay, but then then the other thing that um. Uh, Shusha does for Stalin. She devises with him with a um, an ex-libris stamp, a stamp which is, is, he, she stamps his books, and it's a stamp. And, yeah, w- w- which says, "You know, this book belongs. This is from Stalin's library." Yeah, yeah. This is that's what the stamp stamp said. And she'd done the same thing for Lenin. Yeah, Lenin had his own library stamp as well, ex-libris stamp, and the design of. The two stamps is exactly the same, or virtually the same. So my my, my um, assumption is that, that that Shusha she devised Lenin's stamp, and then she did the same for him for Stalin. And then she also um, she also numbered the books that was in Stalin's um, library at that time. We're talking about in the mid nineteen twenties, right? And she start so she stamps them, and then she 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 uh, she, she numbers them basically, yeah. Um, as a, presumably as a way of like. Keeping track of the numbers and also part of the, the catalogue uh, that 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 presumably she, she she devises for it, right? Okay, so so that's what she does. Um, she she sort she, she, she organises book, classifies his books, she stamps them, uh, she numbers them, and this system of um, stamping the books continues uh, uh, in, in, until about 1933, and then for some reason. It stops, uh, presumably to do with staff changes. Now, by this time, Shusha's has moved on. She, she you know, she she's left the Kremlin. I think she only worked for Stein as a personal librarian in a, in a part time capacity for, for a few months, maybe a year. I don't, not not much longer than that. But then she she moves on and she actually she 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 she, she goes and works um, uh, uh, somewhere else. But 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 she has a lasting impact on. Stalin's personal library because <clears throat> she actually it, it's her activities of Stalin's library that transforms his personal book collection into an identifiable personal library right and it's also her the identification markers that she creates i.e this this stamp that actually preser- pres- preserves the library for posterity. Because when, when after Stalin's death, and um, specifically after Stalin had been attacked by Khrushchev at the um, 20th Party Congress in 1956, the party takes decisions to disperse his personal effects, Stalin's personal effects, including his books. What's retained by the party, by the party archive, are those books that had been stamped, that bear his stamp. So they're identifiably belonging belong to Star, belong to Stalin, and also other, the, the books that he'd marked, he'd written in, and then also uh, there are other categories that, that that were saved as well that have been like dedicated to Stalin or were signed by the, by their authors and then, and have been presented uh, to Stalin. But all the other books, yeah, many many thousands, um, including his fiction collection. Because for some reason, fiction books were, were never stamped. Only the non-fiction books—they were all dispersed to other libraries. They all—they all—they all, they all, uh, all dispersed. So what we end up with, like the, the remnant of Stalin's library, which is obviously the basis of my research this book is about is about um, we're talking about about five and a half thousand books, um, of which uh, about five hundred of them are marked in some way. Okay. And the other five thousand which are not marked by signs by Mecki, we, we they're identified as belonging to him because of this stamp or because you know they were signed by the author. Various various things to identify. So that that that's that, that yeah. That's that's Shusha's role in uh, this particular story.
1: And well let me ask you a final question. When you were researching his library, the remnants that were left, did you did you did you pick up on any let's say noticeable shift in his reading habits or types of books he was reading during different uh, periods of his time, especially before and after the revolution?
0: Yeah, uh, <clears throat> because yeah, w- w- yeah, we don't know too much about what Stalin um, read and how he read before the revolution, because. You know, he, uh, his book collection postdates the revolution. It's only when, like, he sells down, and becomes um, he was in power effectively.
1: That, but that he was he still begins. an avid reader when he was a young yeah, person, yeah. We, right? We know that. yeah.
0: absolutely. That's absolutely clear. We know that from many sources, including what stuff that he wrote. So, all kinds of sources tell us that he was an, an, an avid reader. That, that's that's for sure. But 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 yeah, how he you know how what kind of a reader was? I, I can only presume that that he he yeah, as a young man he read. Um, he went the same way as he did in later life. I I don't see any reason to, to doubt uh, that there was any, there was any difference. But, 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 because Stalin, um, he, he, his his interests do change over time. Yeah. Okay. There are some enduring interests. He's always interested in Marxist theory, right? He's always interested in, um, uh, in history. And he's always interested in, in literature, particularly the uh, you know, the great literature. If you ask me, well, what kind of fiction did Stalin like, um, like and read? Well, yeah, you know, it's 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 the classics, the classics of Russian and world history, particularly like realist and naturalist literature. That that's that's what. You're, so there are enduring interests, but, but as he moves through his life, depending what's happening, um, uh, it, what projects is he engaged in, engaged in? What's happening in the soviet system and so on what's happening historically internationally then, then he his, his interest shift right so his interests are very is it what he reads is very driven by pre- pressing problems that he faces yes issues so for example from the mid to late 1930s onwards he starts to read a lot of stuff about military theory and military strategy now he'd always been you know his interest in military stuff goes back to the russian civil war but but he does why does he do that he does that because there's a war coming there's a big war coming yeah yeah um well, uh, he, he has a lot of interest in <clears throat> in economic issues at particular stages in you know in soviet history when, when economic stuff was to to look to the, to the forefront yeah so yes yeah, so, so so his, his interest interests does shift and develop um, as his political concerns change or his focus change but in a way I'm inclined to say yeah he, he's uh, he, he's reading the same way and the same stuff more or less throughout the whole of his life yeah in, ter- in terms of his um, Pamikki, uh, he he he, uh, he, uh, he marks less as he gets older uh, and he certainly writes less yeah he, he writes he, he 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 writes he writes uses less words yeah uh, so he so he gets less wordy and less detailed in his, in his prim- prim- as uh, as he gets older but apart from that you know he he's marking box the same way uh, you know in nineteen fifty as he was in nineteen twenty so again another indicator of you know continuity you know a lot of people like to see, you know, they have this few, there's, there's many different Stalins. Um, I, I just don't see that. You know, there's only one Stalin. It's Stalin the intellectual. It's Stalin the ideological and political personality. It's Stalin the political actor engaged in a particular kind of, actually quite brutal repressive politics. But but they're all part of the same thing. They're all one thing. Yeah, They're, 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 a, they're a totality. And certainly, of course, that's how Stalin experienced it. That's him. You know that. That's him. He's a. You know he's a, he's a, he's one person. You
1: yeah? know, like we all are. Uh, Professor Jeffrey Roberts, thank you very much for your time and sharing your thoughts on New Book New Books Network. And I do strongly encourage our listeners to to get this book and read it. It's an absolutely fascinating read on uh, Joseph Stalin. Thank you very much for your contribution. Thank you.